It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. And as always, in the middle of the week, we're joined by Mike Santagata at Bengals Sands on Twitter. You guys know him by now if you've been watching or listening to the show for a while. If you're on YouTube, Mike has a whiteboard today. That's exciting. We've got some visual aids to bring in because we're not allowed to show the clips, right? If you're watching on YouTube, we're not allowed to show the clips, but... If you like what we do, as always, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We're here five days a week with all of your Bengals content. And before we get into the All-22 breakdown, which includes Joe Burrow, the, the step he took in his recovery against the Ravens, Jamar Chase showing some new things for the first time that we've talked about a little bit. We'll get into a little bit more with Mike. You know, what the defense did to confuse Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And then we'll get back to what the Bengals did to adjust their protections to finish up the show. A little bit of news, which is the Bengals signed Joe Batchy from the practice squad to the active roster. He'll replace Jordan Evans effectively his spot on the roster. Jordan Evans just had his surgery. He actually tweeted on uh, Tuesday that he had his surgery. Sounds like that went well. He's working his way back, beginning that process. The other bit of news is the Bengals worked out to hear Whitehead, a linebacker veteran in the league, and brought Thaddeus Moss back from injured reserve to the practice squad. With that out of the way, James, let's talk about this offense, shall we? Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, where shall we start? Well, let's start with Joe Burrow because, look, if this team is going to get where it wants to go and as great as Jamar Chase is, they need, uh, as Jake mentioned in the YouTube preview, to Joe Burrow to level up in this team to level up and continue to do that. So Mike, uh, let's start there in this all 22 review. When you went back and watched number nine, what stood out most because he gets crushed against the Ravens last year. Then this year it was very much a, you can't zero me type of situation against Baltimore at MNT bank stadium. And he threw for a career high 416 yards, which I don't think most of us predicted. So what uh, what stood out most about Burrow's performance when you popped on the film? Number one is something we talked about last week as improving, and that is his pocket movement and his pocket presence. Yeah. And I thought it was improving last week, but I wouldn't have said it's where I thought it would could be when he was coming out of college because it was something that was really, really it was probably it was an elite skill he had in college to me. And I mean, this game. He's just the Tom Brady slide and uh, step up the climb, slide and climb, uh, void one rusher, and now you're in a good spot to step into a throw. You're up in the pocket, away from harm. He was using that. You could think on the naked boot, Drew Samples making a block on Clias Campbell. He cuts off his uh, he cuts off his boot and he steps up around the pressure and launches the launches the 
post to CJ Uzoma. Uh, so many times it's just stepping up and sliding, but there was also, he had a few spins to scramble out and that's something we've seen him kind of fail with. And so it was great to see he was using it to some success in this game because while it shouldn't be his only move, that is an effective move. I and mean, we saw Tony Romo kill defenses with that like little dip the shoulder spin around type move for years. And that's something Burrow does really well. And now you're seeing the uh, evolution to go with that, the slide and climb, just sliding, just dipping, whatever. He's got such a great feel for the pass rush just because the offensive line held up for the most part, but especially Jonah Williams was struggling a little bit and he was evading those rushers so that those little pressures, they didn't turn into sacks and they didn't turn into throwaways. They turned into, Oh, you move me off my spot, but I'm still going to find chase. So, uh, easy. He made it easy on himself with, uh, all the pocket movement and managing the pass rush that way. Yeah, and that's something that had been a problem for him this year. So when I said at the beginning of the YouTube show that the the Bengals leveled up, that does include, I think, Joe Burrow in his recovery from the ACL because we haven't seen, as you said, Mike, this level of comfort from Burrow in the pocket. We even did see, I think, a new move. He he had a little bit of a juke move uh, early in the game. He, he puts a juke on a free rusher, not a free rusher. This is off a stunt, I guess, that wasn't handled as cleanly as it could be. It was a really well-executed stunt on the right side of the Bengals' offensive line. Burrow puts a juke on, finds Samaje Pirine in space. This is a play that uh, JT O'Sullivan broke down in his uh, QB school video of Burrow's game. So really good stuff from Burrow there. Even some of the throws he missed came off of good pocket manipulation. I'm thinking of the T. Higgins crosser early in the game when you know he, he's making guys miss. He's getting hit. But he's getting the ball away just in time, sometimes completing, sometimes coming very close. And you mentioned Jamar Chase. You know, he's finding Jamar Chase. And we've all gushed about Jamar Chase this week, rightfully so, on pace to smash all sorts of rookie receiving records, drawing comparisons to Anquan Bolden-Steve Smith hybrid. And some irony there is both of those guys both killed the Ravens when they played for other teams and then also played for the Ravens. Uh, what did you see from Jamar Chase this week in, in terms of on the theme leveling up? Leveling up, and this is to me an easy one. One, he had the most difficult test probably of anybody on the field, but also of his short NFL career so far. There's not a corner in the SEC or that he's faced so far that's as talented as Marlon Humphrey. And the guy with my pre with my pre uh draft evaluation of Chase. I thought he gave up his chest a little bit. He invited contact and a guy like Marlon Humphrey, he's a little pest. He'll take care of you. You give up your chest and he's going to throw you off your route. He's going to get under your skin. He's going to do all that stuff. So to see chase handle him in press jam situations, this wasn't just press. And then he bails out. He was trying the two hand jam chase and chase. He had this in college. It felt like he always used a swipe move. But what looked what it looked like to me was he utilized his strength well by using a little dip rip and just think of I mean wide receiver releases are so much like pass rushers uh, all the moves are almost the same so this little dip and rip when you're trying to hit somebody's chest and just think of it, he's got his arm and shoulders moving turning and it becomes such a small target to actually be able to hit the chest and that's that's actually why it's not always a holding call when somebody rips because uh, you kind of put the offensive lineman a weird situation but 
They don't care about that on, uh, but with the wide receivers and corners. So he does this little dip and rip, and both I believe both of his big catches, the 80-yard slant that he did the little spin, contact balance to stay up, amazing speed, look 4-3 to me. <laughs> and uh, the other one was the uh, little over route right before halftime, does that little dip, rip, and he's gone. And Humphrey can't keep up, and he breaks off, and there's instant separation with the route stemming. It catches it and he's hurdling guys getting out of bounds. Uh, he looked, he looked great coming into this game, but this is where he moved from. Oh, this, this is one of the best wide receivers that I think we've seen come out of the draft. I mean, Justin Jefferson just did this type of volume stats and he's right. a completely different receiver, but this is like, this is one of the best receivers we've seen come out of the draft. Like not just he's really good and worth a top five pick, but Oh man, this is a guy that's, he's going to, He's going to cause defensive coordinators trouble. I thought he showed a new way to separate as well on that comeback route, for example. Like just the route running, I think, has improved in a way that we didn't see as much at LSU or even as much early this season. And those two plays you mentioned, he beat leverage twice against Marlon Humphrey, right? And is that that dip and rip move that you think is is what's allowing him to like beat inside leverage on a slant, for example, or or beat outside leverage and get that back shoulder? Well, I guess that was inside leverage on the back shoulder throw, but there were two occasions I remember in this game specifically when he just Marlon Humphrey played inside leverage. I guess the other one was a crosser before halftime you mentioned. So both of those were the dip and rip. Yeah, well, one was definitely just the dip and rip the crosser. The other one I did want to mention, he sets up Marlon Humphrey, like you said, inside leverage on the inside of him. He's playing to the sideline. He says, I'm going to take away the inside and you're going to have to either catch a go or a comeback along the sideline and I'll be there to make the play. Chase says, okay, let me test that. So he he outside release speed sprints and sells vertical and Humphrey kind of goes, oh crap, and turns his hips to run with him and he just one step lands on his right foot and he's inside of him and I mean, just done. As a cornerback, you can't open your hips and then be able to flip them another 180 degrees like that. It's really talented route running and release, which is what I had a question coming in was his refinement at 19. And he looks refined at 21 to go with all the other special talents that he's shown. And just 21. Growth still to come, certainly, as this guy's got all the athletic tools in the world. We're going to take a break from the offense. We're going to go defense coming up next and talk about what the Raven, what the Bengals did to confuse the Ravens. Hey, Bengals fans. It's time to get upside. We talk about it all the time here on Locked on Bengals. It's the incredible app that's going to save you money every time you fill up at the pump up to 25 cents per gallon. But no, that's not it. If you download it right now and you've never used it, use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you can download it in the App Store or Google Play. So whether you have an iPhone or Android, it's easy to download. And use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents off per gallon on your first fill up. It's free money. I talk about it all the time. You might as well take advantage of it now because you're probably going to the pump this week. So download GetUpside, use promo code TOUCHDOWN for a bonus 25 cents and up to 50 cents off per gallon every time you fill up. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody in the NFL world is talking about the Bengals defense right now. And uh, so should we, I guess. Mina Kimes on ESPN today talking about it. Dan Orlovsky and uh, Ryan Clark, former Steeler, talking about it on ESPN today, breaking down some of the Bengals blitzes. A uh, great article that I retweeted from a guy named Ollie, who's a new guy for me to follow. Uh, the, what, what's it called? The read optional uh, Substack is where he does his writing. Everybody talking about the Bengals defense. Mike, you wanted to focus specifically on a couple of areas. Uh, what What is it that you saw from this team that was so challenging for, for Lamar Jackson? Okay, so I did the little doodle before <laughs> while you guys are doing the ad reads. So as you see here, we're going to have, I wrote down Bs for big guys and S for small guys. And that's just going to mean your bigs are your defensive ends and defensive tackles. Your smalls are going to be your linebackers and safeties. And, and let's make sure we explain it as well for everybody that's just listening. Right. Uh, so this is what I call a boss front. And this is something the Bengals utilize a lot. You got your bigs on the same side over here, right there. And you got your smalls here and you keep one big over here just so, for the run game. Baltimore lined up in empty plenty. Even when they had a halfback, they put him on the side of the bigs. And they actually had Ricardo Allen up with the bigs as well, just to move the halfback. So what you're going to do is the offense. There's really only a few pass protections. And this one, it dictates what they're going to do. Same thing every time. And I'm guessing this is going to be a slide right for the bigs and yep. then leave three it to man sword slide on the right. left. Yep. Three man slide right to the bigs because you can't put a running back on a big guy. That's just not a winning business model, especially if you want to drop more than like a one step drop you keep your two guys over there they can block the big and then one of the smalls but they can't block both smalls so what happened and this was the first time i saw it was they just brought everybody they just brought them straight ahead and right through the b gap because the guard did an okay job of taking this small von bell instant pressure instant like if lamar stood there he was sacked within one second just off the line he's nobody touched him so that's just something that really impressed me from Louie Anarumo's play calling was to see he knows how to dictate these these offensive linemen now. He knows how to dictate pass protections. And when you get into empty, the Bengals had this problem. Good defensive coordinators know how to do that. And this just shows me Louie Anarumo is studying up. He's showing that he can he is a good defensive coordinator. So when you have you show him doing that, there are other ones where he didn't come with the boss front he came with a normal front and he'd drop out because he doesn't care about as much of the dictation. Now you're going to eventually need to drop out of one of those fronts where you have the boss front so that they don't know exactly what's coming. But as for a changeup, we hadn't seen this this year. They put DJ reader. I think it was Larry Joby and Sam Hubbard on one side of the offensive line. And there's just, you have to slide that way. It's just as simple as that. When you see those guys, unless you have, Mercedes Lewis and you really trust him in pass protection or a Lee Smith, who's basically an offensive tackle put in there. You have to slide that way. And when you slide that way, there's two guys and you've got three against them. If you can't win that, you should probably be, should probably take a breather on third down and we'll get somebody else in there. So 
I mean, the guys executed. The scheme was great to get the pass to get the pressures. I was really impressed with that. Speaking of impressed, I know you were probably impressed with uh, Chidobe Awujie and in, in his performance. Like he's, uh, you know, he's been great all season. But what stood out when you watched him against the Ravens? Because he was tested by a guy in Hollywood Brown. That's different. I mean, you don't see a Hollywood Brown type level speedster every single week. So how did Cheeto respond to going up against that type of type of guy? He did something that I didn't think was more leveling up. I didn't think he had this in him. He bullied him a little bit. Uh, there's specifically one play if you find on my Twitter, when you're clouded, which really means like cover two situation where the corner is up front, he's pressing and he's, he's just playing that shallow area right to the outside. Hollywood Brown released outside. And what coaches basically say is if you don't put that wide receiver in the bleachers, then you're fired. And Awuzie took that literally and shoved him with booty bumped him <laughs> all the way out of bounds. And when you're out of bounds, you have to reestablish before you can make the catch. And he's basically took himself, took him out of the play completely legally too, because within five yards. And that's something I don't think I saw Awuzie do in Dallas. And I don't think I've seen him do it yet this year, although he's been very physical this year. He's gotten involved in a lot of tackles and made another great open field tackle this week on a, uh, it was an RPO, counter-read RPO, which I diagrammed in my last article about the Ravens offense. It, it's nasty because it's going to put a really good playmaker in space, and this time against a cornerback. And like Alex Gibbs, the offensive line coach who just passed away, said, we make those guys tackle. Cornerbacks don't want to tackle. But when you're the Bengals' defense, all these guys, they like tackling. Awuzie uh, specifically, he's him and Hilton really get involved with tackles and I think just the physicality and the ability to bully a wide receiver essentially out of the game. He caught that long touchdown. That was just the perfect throw from Lamar. And to me, that was a little bit more on the safety, but it happens. Uh, you got a guy that runs a four, two. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, the ability to bully a guy and really take him out of the game for the most part was really impressive to me. Yeah. And he, he did get beat a few times deep, but this is where the team defense comes into it right and what what was written about in that uh read optional article that i really liked is that lamar jackson was forced to hesitate by what he because of what the bengals were doing on defense and he he writes about how bengals all year have been this static defense they show you a look pre-snap they're going to stay in that look post-snap and try to execute it but this week again something we talked about i think uh last time you were here maybe uh, uh, leading into the game, we, we saw the Bengals do something they haven't done this year. The defensive players credited Lou Anarumo for putting in this new game plan, playing more of a true 4-3 and getting those three linebackers on the field. They're also doing more late rotations against the Ravens than, than they typically do more uh, to, to get into Lamar's head. And there are some times when, you know, the crossers were open. He found them a few times to Rashad Bateman. There were other times he could have thrown them, but he, he hesitated a tick. And that little bit of hesitation meant that when you take the short stuff away, the quick stuff away, which the Bengals were trying to do on those plays, it gives your pass rush time to get there, even if you don't have an elite pass rush. And one thing I thought the Bengals did do very well was they played great contain across the defensive line, knowing what they were trying to do behind them in coverage. What did you see in that part of, of the game that caused Lamar maybe to have that little bit of hesitation? And more importantly, 
Is, is that going to be something that the Bengals are able to go back to or will they need to change it up next time? I think they'll be able to go back to it. And the reason I think they can go back to it is that when you're talking about those late rotations, a lot of what you're seeing is buzz or robber. I mean, I, I don't, but uh, what that really is, you get a safety coming down from depth. And the Ravens love getting that over route, the longer developing over routes to hit middle of the field stuff. And when you get a safety taking that from depth rather than a linebacker trying to run with it, it's you take that away and it's it's check down or I mean, you have to find what's going on. And not only does it confuse the quarterback to see pre-snap middle of the field open and you're going to hold it, hold it, hold it and then change. But then that also took his route that he really likes to throw away. So you're looking at not only something that confuses the quarterback, but something that's taken away something the Ravens like to do. And it's a double whammy unless they start changing what they're doing on offense. I think that's, I think that's still, I'm not going to say it's like a, a formula to beat the Ravens or anything because there's no formula to really beat any team. They're going to eventually adjust and have something for that, but it's something to definitely throw in there and use in the future because it takes away one of the things the Ravens done do really well. And this is a team the Bengals will play twice a year. We're going to wrap up coming up next back on the offensive side of the football, what the Bengals did differently in pass protection. And one of Mike's favorite plays from this week, a nice adjustment the Bengals made from earlier this season. That's coming up next. We're going to continue to talk about offense. And speaking of the offense, if you think this offense is going to take another step, then maybe now's the time to bet on Joe Burrow for comeback player of the year. And if you think it is, you should do it right now at betonline.ag, or maybe you just think that the Bengals are going to kick the hell out of uh, the New York Jets this Sunday and, and Mike White, well, you can bet on that as well. Every single NFL game, prop bets, maybe you like Zach Taylor for coach of the year. Who would have thought we'd be talking about that after seven weeks? Betonline.ag is a one-stop shop for all things sports betting. So head there now, check out their new website, and use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag has you covered with the NBA in full swing, the World Series, boxing, UFC, NHL, and so much more, including all things Bengals in the NFL. So go there again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline is where the game starts. I just finished my last Built Bar, James, my last coconut brownie chunk. You can see the remains of the wrapper here. And we like to get you free money at Bet Online. We'll also save you money on Built Bars with a promo code I'll tell you about in a little bit. But if you haven't tried them, you need to. Like this, this Built Bar that I just finished literally has pieces of brownie in it, and it's a protein bar. You ever eat a protein bar with brownies in it? Didn't think so. Check them out at built.com. If you don't like brownies and coconut, they've got a bunch of other flavors for you, including things like raspberry, mint, brownie, cherry, barcia, salted caramel, and double chocolate. We've talked about the macros. I'll tell you about them again. Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high protein. I don't know how you can beat that when they taste as good as they do. Go to built.com right now. Check out all those flavors. And that promo code is LOCK15 when you sign out. LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order at built.com. Again, lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Back to the offense we go. The Bengals made an adjustment in protection this week that we should talk about. It's something that we've kind of been talking about as something they could do differently all year. And that's instead of necessarily just going empty when the Ravens show seven potential rushers, well, let's do something about it. And the Bengals were motioning 
CJ Uzama and I think at times Drew Sample, but I feel like mostly CJ Uzama into the backfield and using two backs in their shotgun sets to help with pass protection. Yeah, it's what is called split back. I doodled it again. And so split back just means you have your quarterback. There it is. And you have a halfback and then Y is for the tight end. And this is a common, the Zimmer pressure where you have mugged up linebackers, your tackles and your ends. So against empty, you're looking at five guys trying to protect against six. And I mean, there's even seven guys you could go against. So like I said, with the boss fronts, you're going to want your offensive linemen to take take away the big guys, the tackles and ends. You don't want to trust that to tight ends and running backs. Then your center, he's going to take away, let's see, this linebacker because there's the strong safety lurking over there. And that leaves the tight end here. He can dual read here to here and take away whichever one. If they both come, he takes a linebacker. Or if neither come, he goes out into a route. But what it does is that these free runners, you don't need to play guess who anymore. You have them all accounted for. And that even works over here too. I mean, and, if, and just if they to... bring a cat, but... Just to interject real quick, what, what Mike's drawn here, if you're watching on YouTube, you've got the visual aid. If you're just listening, oh, the mugged up look, everybody knows about. That's a double A-gap linebackers. We've seen it from the Bengals. We've seen it from Zimmer. Everybody knows this at this point, I think. And and the tight end then, being back in the backfield with the running back, gets to read from inside to outside. So you're reading the linebacker in the A-gap that the center isn't responsible for first, and then you're reading to the outside in case there's a slot blitz that's coming from the corner. So that gives them that option. And then the running back, the, the Bengals burned uh, that, that play I talked about at the beginning with the good pocket movement from Joe Burrow, a green dog look from uh, from Baltimore that JTO Sullivan broke down because the, the linebacker that was responsible for reading Samaj P. Ryan, he's either blitzing if Samaj P. Ryan stays in the block or he's supposed to cover P. Ryan if he releases. He kind of loses P. Ryan in the wash and P. Ryan gets free without anybody covering him. So that was one way the Bengals were able to punish the Ravens from this look. Yeah, and then, yeah, just put in the halfback or read linebacker that isn't blocked or is blocked or whatever. He's going to look inside to outside, so maybe they bring a corner blitz. He looks over there, safety. Really, he went out on the route on that play. And another thing that this does is that the more guys you have, the bigger chance there is for the free rushers, they get stuck. You think of the NBA all about spacing and opening things up for the three-point line or to drive in. When you have all this guck in the middle here, I'll call it, uh, you have a tight end up in there taking a linebacker. All the linemen are blocking a guy. You're looking at now the issue is even if you get a guy clean, he has to make his way around all of that. And you go around the outside, you're never going to get there in time. You try to come through the A-gap and you just end up getting run into your own lineman's butt or maybe you get picked up by uh, Jackson Carmen sees you and swallows you as well. I, I've seen him do that once. Um, that was last game, not this one, but Really, it just it helps the offensive line so much, which what I was really hoping the Bengals would do eventually was help their offensive line because playing an empty for 20 snaps a game is just that sounds one of the worst ways to play as an offensive lineman. You have to you're stuck on an island nearly every play. You don't get help. You've got a free runner coming through. You'll get blamed on Twitter for it, even though it's not your fault. Uh, all these issues coming. Now you have split back in the backfield to deal with these pressure looks because while 
Burrow took care of the Minnesota blitz with hard counts and changing a snap count, sometimes going with a quick count before they would get into what they wanted to be in. You can't do that on the road in a loud stadium like Baltimore because you're in a silent count. So that's when the center is going to bob down and look up. And sometimes you can go on two and maybe you get something that way, but usually you're not getting anything pre-snap using that. So getting the split backfield really helped them. I mean, the pass protections, I didn't see, I don't think I saw more than one bust and even that was more on a player than it was the uh, pass protection being set. So these seven man pass protections were really, really nice. And I didn't even know the Bengals were going to go to this because when I was looking at seven man pass protections in my mind, I was thinking attach them both to the end. So that way they can give chip help at least, but they went straight and split back. And now you're looking at, Oh, they can't, they don't just need the chip help. They can read a guy, pick him up and block him that way. And P Ryan and Uzoma had fantastic days in pass protection, in my opinion. Both of them were stonewalling linebackers at the line of scrimmage or just behind it. So big reason for Burrow to level up and chase to get 200 yards is that the offensive line gave up one sack. And I don't think I think Burrow's lost zero games when he's played the entire thing and he's had one or less sacks. So keep him upright and leads to wins. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, when you're talking about the split backs, I hope Chris Evans is healthy because I love the idea of him being in the mix there. Um, just, uh, you know, the, what Zach Taylor could do with him. But I, I want to ask you about two plays specifically. One you already mentioned a little bit in segment one. Uh, Drew Sample coming up big with a block on Kalias Campbell uh, on CJ Uzama's long touchdown. And then two, the one that, uh, man, you were throwing out the uh, the pancakes emoji and it made me in the mood for some pancakes on Twitter, Mike, was uh, the Jackson Carmen one on some AJ Pirine's long touchdown run. Uh, br- break down both of those uh, plays and what you saw. You Start with Carmen, because I know that's the one. It made me hungry, and I know you enjoyed that one a lot. So let's start there. Uh, just a wide zone call, and this is going to play into the other one, but wide zone, uh, I've written two articles on the offense, and one specifically just on the play. You're going to try to horizontally displace – which means just move a guy laterally and pick him up, drive him. And that running back's going to watch the butts of the offensive line and find the hole and cut up that field, one cut and get up field. It's really easy when Jackson Carmen takes the one, takes the, the three technique gets underneath him. He doesn't even have good hand placement. He's got one hand on the outside, not doing anything, but he's just so strong that it's Brandon Williams and Brandon Williams is, he's a pretty good player, especially in the run game. He's 330 pounds. He's a nose tackle. Usually and he just drives him, I think, eight, nine yards downfield. And not just that, he dumps him down on his butt. <laughs> uh, it's just picture-perfect offensive line play to me. It's just what you really love to see. More, I, I get excited about things like, oh, they passed off a stunt, but everybody gets excited about seeing their offensive lineman pick a guy up, manhandle him eight yards downfield, and toss him uh, like, like a ragdoll. That's... That's just such good offensive line play. And now to play into the other one, they faked wide zone. So the offensive line looks like they're running it because they're basically all running the same direction. Just nobody gets up field this time. So they wash the whole defensive line down that way and they slice or split, whatever you want to call it, drew sample across the formation, I believe, to pick up the end. Or maybe he was on the formation. It doesn't matter. He's picking up Kalias Campbell. And he's just kind of doing the Marshall Yonda, what he used to call dying slowly. You kind of get underneath him. He just, well, 
keep moving back. Hope everyone's watching visual to see me do that in the chair. Uh, but you just keep getting pushed back, but you're dying slowly. So it gives the, it gives your quarterback time to make his throw. So Burrow fakes wide zone, turns around and CJ Uzama ooh, put the moves on Marlon Humphrey to get open on the post route. And Burrow's able to step up. They actually had a free runner off the edge, but this is why you want your free runners coming as cornerbacks off the edge because one, they're not great tacklers, and two, they get washed up. They can get washed up, or uh, takes too long to get there. He ends up getting stuck by the Drew Sample block, who is pushed a little bit far in the backfield, but it helped because the free runner had no shot. He had to get around that too. So Burrow steps up, makes a beautiful throw. CJ Zama stiff arms Marlon Humphrey into the ground, and it's a fantastic first touchdown of the game. And a great lean and snap on that little post route from CJ Uzama. Maybe a really long developing corner post. Uh, I really like that route from CJ Uzama. The other CJ Uzama touchdown before we get out of here, Mike, is a play where earlier this year you have a great clip of this. They they go the discount double check, discount double count check at the line, the, the Aaron Rodgers symbol. And earlier this year it was a screen call. This year, or this time against the Ravens, they're selling out to stop that same screen call. But instead, CJ Uzama is just releasing downfield and it's a busted coverage. And that's just using your tendencies against you. Yeah, you saw, I think even people that weren't paying that much attention noticed, hey, the Ravens kind of know what's going on here because, well, Josh Bynes played with them last year. So he knew the kill call was this little guy. Uh, for my for the non-video guys, I just put my hands up to my ears and kind of did a little rattle. And he knew whatever the quarterback sneak verbally was, I have no idea because they didn't go to a silent count that one or give a call. He called something and Bynes just starts freaking out and jumps over the pile to stop it. So then they use tendency against them though. Discount double check the Aaron Rodgers championship belt, whatever you want to call it. Normally that's the, the screen to the flat to the third, the most inside guy. And they do the Aaron Rodgers because he really likes that play uh, when they see a pressure look. So they do that, and the whole defense starts going like, okay, screen, screen, watch for the screen. And they fake screen. Uh, they got – I don't remember who's outside. I'll call it Chase. <laughs> he looks like he's taking a guy. Uh, Boyd's going flat down the line to catch the screen, and he's almost sprinting right out of – I think it was a safety – and then he just keeps running <laughs> right yeah. past him. And Burrow makes a beautiful throw right to him. So that's using the tendencies against somebody. And that's that's high intellect quarterback play, which is, again, something I think we all saw with Burrow in college. And now it's really translating to the NFL where he's uh, the Cam Newton quote. Uh, you've been watching film, huh? <laughs> How about this? And it was awesome. A pretty good game for both sides of the ball. The Bengals won their ISOs. They won their matchups on offense. They had a few play calls to beat the Ravens and and use tendencies and use design. And on the defensive side of the ball, we've talked about it. They're able to confuse Lamar Jackson and their blitz design was just chef's kiss perfect. Lamar, we talked about just like two for eight or two for eight, I think. Yeah, two for eight for seven yards, I think, passing against the Blitz and took a couple sacks there as well. Defensive line also played great. Didn't have enough time to talk about them, but uh, Larry Ogunjobi, I think, had one of his better games of the season, making some splash plays early and doing a really good job of, like I said, the entire defensive line played great contain for this entire game. But we are out of time for this particular version of Film Takeaways. Encouraging for me to hear that you think this is somewhat replicable against the Ravens next time around. We'll see if Lamar Jackson and that offense can adapt, especially if Sammy Watkins is back healthy 
as they're very injured in Baltimore. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Tomorrow, we're back with John Butchko from Locked On Jets for Crossover Thursday. Until next time, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.